All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in on you, seeing how your week's going. What are you doing? Are you driving home? This podcast is a little late today. I was flying to Nashville. You're driving home. Why don't you, you know, one of the things you should do is just try to take a deep breath and just, you know, let people in. That just makes it go by so much nicer. Be a courteous driver. Don't be a smirtiest driver. Well, he always has to fucking rhyme. You know what I mean? I love when they do shit. And you rhyme stuff. It's easy to remember. They just treat you like a fucking child. Speaking of which, speaking of which, I just had a fucking credit card shut off on me. Because when I was in uh, Europe, I missed a fucking payment. It was gone for like a month. But I came back. I paid him right back. And then uh, I don't know what the fuck happened. You know, I left my house, getting the kitchen done. Something happened. Baba, baba, boo. I didn't get there in time. And they were just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You missed two payments in six months. So they're like, so like if you want to reapply, it's like, I don't want to reapply. Just turn the fucking thing back on. I, I, I sent, I gave you all the money. You got it in your thing. You're just waiting for the check to clear. And and the first lady said that they were going to turn it back on, you know, after I talked to them for like like an hour. Not an hour. It felt like an hour. It's probably like eight minutes. That's not true. It was the usual bullshit. You know, you get on there and it's just like, hi, who am I speaking with? And then I always say my name and they go, what's your zip code? I tell them that. And they go, hey, what's what's uh, what's the name of your first goldfish? I fucking tell them that. Right. And then they go, okay, what's the problem? I go, well, uh, the problem is this. And they go, well, that's not my department. I'm going to transfer you. And then they transfer you to somebody else. And they just go, hi, who am I speaking with? It's like, bitch, I just fucking, I just gave, why did I have to give it to the first person? Why doesn't the first person just fucking say, what is your problem? Okay. And then they go, oh, well, that's not my department. So I'm not going to fucking waste any of your time or my time getting all this information up. By the time I get to the person that I want to talk to, they'll be like, yeah, who am I speaking with? I'll be like, William, you know, uh, I, but you know, I've been doing all right with the temper. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been, I've been doing all right. So I just told the lady, I just said, listen, I do a lot of business with you, but the problem is, is I pay mine off at the end of every month because I don't want to pay any fucking interest which is why my credit is only fair. 
I have fair credit because they don't make any fucking, they don't make the amount of money that they want. They want me running on that fucking wheel until I die and I just don't do it. So they punish me. Why do I give a shit? You know, so now I got to reapply. So I told them, I said, look, I'm not doing business with, it was MasterCard. I'm like, I'm not doing business with you guys anymore. And the whole time I'm, I'm trying to threaten them and puff up my chest. I'm like, these people do billions and billions of dollars worth of business a month. Do they think, you think you, they give a fuck that your pasty freckled ass is just going to go over to Visa? I mean, within five years, Visa's going to buy MasterCard and MasterCard's going to buy Visa. We'll be all down to one world fucking bank. Oh, my God, in the future. Jesus, can you imagine that phone call? It's going to be ridiculous. I mean, you're going to, they don't even give a fuck now. I can't imagine when it's just going to be down to one goddamn bank. Um, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it was my fuck up. And I guess they have an algorithm. And if you miss two of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. So now I got to apply for a fucking credit card. I don't even know how to do that. Back in the day, you went to the bank and you got a form. I'm sure now it's all done online. I'm sure I could Google it. I'm sure I could make my life easy and just fucking Google the goddamn thing. But um, I don't want to do it. You know, fuck it. Fuck it. You know. Fucking goddamn Nashville. It's like a, I, maybe I could write a country song about losing my fucking credit card. I'll go down to one of these honky tonks down here. If that's what they really even are. I guess they're not, are they? Um, anyway, so I stayed in this hotel in Washington, D.C. that I actually really liked. But in the hotel, it's the Hotel Liaison on New Jersey Avenue and Avenue D. And um, I, I'm walking in, right? I check in. Everything's fine. Well, it wasn't fine. The computers were down. But the staff was just right there. But on the wall, they got this picture of this old guy. And by old, I mean he's probably about seven years older than me. So he's really fucking old, but not like he's not going to die soon. He's just, you know, the creepy guy at Hooters, right? So he's got the male pattern baldness thing going on. He shaved his head down. He was doing the best he can, you know. And he's standing there in this trench coat and he's smoking a fucking cigar. So I'm like, oh, that's a cool picture. Maybe they got a cigar lounge here or something like that. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So then I get in the elevator and I go up to my floor. I was staying on the fucking sixth floor. And uh, it's just a series of pictures of this guy. I go up to the gym and it's just him smoking the cigar, the cigar, basically trying to be the most interesting man in the world. It's the weirdest fucking photo shoot. Of, and, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Is the guy who owned the hotel? Nobody at the fucking hotel knows who he is. Then they have this giant photo of him. And it looks like he's standing outside of the White House gate, like some really official-looking building. And he's sitting there in his trench coat, and he's looking at his phone, and this is, you know, this drop-dead gorgeous 20-something standing there in, like, sort of a business suit, but it's like Hillary Clinton on top, but then, like, a miniskirt, and then she has, like, high heels, and she's sitting there looking frustrated, like, there's nothing more she wants in the world than this man's attention, and he doesn't have time for it because he's trying to figure out the fucking world. So if anybody knows, somebody must have asked the question. Maybe it's on the Internet. Who the fuck is that guy? And uh, why didn't he run for president? Because he would fit in tremendously with those two fucking nitwits from last night. By the way, I didn't I didn't watch a second of it because I was on the uh, 
I was on stage doing my last show before I taped my special tomorrow night. And um, to be honest with you, the two of them disgust me so much that I, I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me to fucking watch it. And I actually, I caught the end of the Cubs game. And uh, what, what were they up, like fucking 10 to 2? You know what's funny is I hate Donald Trump, but I got to tell you something. His fucking hotel is the shit. And uh, it looks like a giant castle. And uh, me and Bartnick went in there to drink. And I was hoping there was going to be a bunch of people in there talking about Trump and I was going to fuck with him and act like, act like I was into Hillary. But um, it's tremendous, man. I felt like I was on the fucking Titanic. It was absolutely beautiful. It used to be an old post office or something like that. So, uh, you know. Anyway, so I went in there and watched the fucking, uh, and there's probably some psycho people out there like, huh, I wouldn't spend a fucking diamond. Good, good. I'm glad you wouldn't. I'm glad you wouldn't. I'm glad you wouldn't, and I'm glad you weren't there, all right? There was this Asian dude walking around, and he had like this fucking, he had this sport coat on that was like, there was blue with white stars, like the, the American flag, and then his pants were like, almost like what the Indiana Hoosiers wear, their warm-ups. It's a red, so he's dressed like the American flag. And he was walking around doing this dead-on Donald Trump impression. It was actually fucking funny as hell. So we had a good time hanging out there. And um, I got to watch the end of the Cubs game. So now it's 2-2. And uh, I don't know, like the fucking World Series, the most interesting World Series is the Cubs versus the fucking Cleveland Indians, and uh, I didn't want the Cubs to go down 3-1. As much as I like the Dodgers, I always liked the Dodgers because I hated the Yankees when I was a kid, and uh, we could never beat them. So then the Dodgers would always meet them in the World Series, and I watched them lose in 77, 78, and then finally get them in 81. And as I've mentioned before, Tommy John, who the surgery's named after, was pitching for the Los Angeles Dodgers in 77-78, lost to the Yankees. He goes to the Yankees, and in 1981, they meet the Dodgers, and the Dodgers beat the Yankees. It was like when, uh, who was that guy? Oh, what the fuck's his name? Mari, uh, he just scored his 500th fucking goal in hockey. When he fucking, he was on, he was on the Pens, and they lost to the fucking Red Wings. Why do I keep thinking Dominic Kasha? It's something begins with an M. I'm the worst, dude. The second the fucking season's over, I forget everybody's fun. This is ridiculous. This guy's like a superstar, and I haven't been able to watch any games, although the NHL actually reached out to me to tell me how to watch um, the games on the Internet. And um, whatever, I was going to say the analogy would be like when that guy played with the Penguins, lost to the Red Wings, next year was on the Red Wings, and then lost to the Penguins. Then the next year he went to the Blackhawks, and uh, I remember talking about that on the podcast. Going, this guy loses three different years in the fucking finals on three different teams. Three years in a row. I don't think that that would have ever happened. Um, Jesus, that was a long fucking way to go. Um, anyways, plowing ahead here. So congratulations to the Cleveland Indians. Holy shit, the Cavaliers win the championship. And now you guys are in the World Series just mowing down the competition. You swept my Boston Red Sox three three games to none. My Boston Red Sox, who I have not watched religiously since 2010. Um, the tail end of the steroid fucking shit. I just got sick of it. Uh, but I'm coming back, though. I always come back in October. 
and then they beat the Blue Jays four games to one. So you got to be asking yourself, uh, is, is, if I was Terry Francona, I do, first of all, I get on the treadmill, all right? He's looking a little swollen, all right? But other than that, I would want, you know, I would want to play the World Series in like two days. I would want to just keep fucking moving along. Keep it moving rather than everybody sitting around fucking cooling off a little bit. So this is going to be the big battle. The battle between the team that hasn't won in 108 fucking years versus the team that hasn't won in close to 60. So I guess you're supposed to be for the Cubs. Um, It'd be great to see the Cubs, but it'd also be great to see the Indians. You know, I had family out there when I was growing up in Ohio. And... uh, you know, you know where the Cubs lost me? I don't know if I brought this up. I talked about this on uh, the Sports Junkies in D.C. They lost me with the Steve Bartman thing. You know, the way they went after that guy was the exact same way every other fucking city would have, including Boston. But the thing was, the Cubs had like that, that fucking, you know, I don't know, the the... You know, hey, let's play two. And, you know, we just, you know, we just root for them. We're the lovable losers. They had like that thing, like despite the fact that they were losing, they had this happy-go-lucky sort of vibe about them. And the way they went after that guy, the way they put his fucking phone number out there, it's like these guys are just a bunch of fucking animals. The same way they would have done that in Boston, you know? At least we yelled at a player, you know what I mean? We went after Bill Buckner. That poor bastard had to move to, like, fucking Idaho. So anyways, let's, uh, I'm just bullshitting here. Let's get down to what the fuck I need to talk about here. I am in Nashville right now. I just moved the computer. I hope this isn't going to make too much noise. I'm doing my special tomorrow, and uh, I want to thank everybody who's been coming out to my shows uh, during the writing of this, not really writing, the fucking spewing it out on stage. Um... So tomorrow night is the big fucking thing, right? So all week, I was just almost like wanting to just get past doing the special, right? Let me just set this down. I was just looking at it with like, dude, once I fucking do that special, I don't have shit for the rest. I'm doing comics come home with Dennis Leary and those guys. That's my only other gig. And I'm just fucking home. I'm going to cook up a storm. I'm going to fly helicopters. I'm going to play drums. I'm going to edit this fucking series. I'm, I'm not doing fucking shit. And, um, you know, there's always a pressure whenever you're doing a special. And um, I was kind of dreading it. And uh, it finally hit me last night, you know, because I'm never like working on my act. I'm just having fun. But this weekend was like, I got to get this thing down from two hours down to about a buck, you know, an hour and a half, 120, somewhere in there, which I was able to do. But just like my whole approach was. It was just getting too fucking robotic. And um, last night on stage, I was just like, like, you never know what you're going to say when you walk out there. I mean, you know what your bits are, but you just fuck around. Just do that. And I did that. And I was able to kind of get into the zone. So I've never done that on a special or whatever. So I think I'm going to try at least to be in that headspace and maybe try to try to um, remember to enjoy it, um, which I know I'm going to. Um but uh, I got tonight off. I, w- I kind of wish I didn't. I think, you know, like I feel like the fucking Indians. I hope I don't cool off here. But um, 
I'm really fucking psyched, man. I'm going to get this thing finally recorded. I should have recorded it months ago. And uh, it's going to be this big fucking weight off of my chest. And then I can, you know, I told you, my favorite thing ever. My favorite thing ever is the day after the special, you got no jokes. And I, I get to start it all over again. You know what I mean? It's like taking a bunch of shit to Goodwill and getting it the fuck out of there before you buy a bunch of more shit that you don't need, right? And then you fucking start all over again. It's probably a bad analogy, but um, anyways, I know I just made a ton of noise there, but I, I do have to touch the computer when I go to look for shit here. Um, all right, so although even though I've watched, I've watched a bunch of highlights, um, you know, of the NHL coming up so far, and what I've realized, and as Joe Bartnick told me, you know, the worst thing, the Bruins basically did the worst fucking thing that you can do if you're trying to rebuild your team. All right. The last two years in a row, on the last day of the season, we got bounced out of the playoffs. We were like the number ninth fucking position. So not only do we not get a good draft pick, we lose out on all playoff revenue money. It just sucks. And we've done it two years in a row. And, you know, a couple years ago, or I guess last year, when we fucking dealt everybody away to clear money for the fucking salary cap or whatever the fuck we were going to do, you know, we haven't made any fucking exciting moves. It just looks like it's going to be more of the same where we're going to be struggling, where our big three, Marshawn, Chara, and Bergeron are going to try to get us there again. And... um I don't know. It's just like Toronto did it smart. Toronto just fucking gave away the farm, shit the bed, and now they got this Austin Matthews guy to build around. Winnipeg did the same thing, and now they got this fucking guy, which you look at his name, and I don't even know how to say it. I already forget his fucking name, but he's a monster. He had a hat trick. It's like the two of them. All of a sudden, it's just like, are these the new guys? Are these, is this, I mean, I know it's really early, but it's just like they're looking like, I don't know. It's like, did another Crosby, another Lemieux, another fucking, you know, Timu Solani, whatever. Some big fucking Ovechkin goal-scoring guy. Did, did we miss out on that guy again? You know, we've never had that guy. My, we've never had that guy. The closest we ever had to that guy we had Bobby Orr, and he was a fucking defenseman. We've never had the the fucking guy. Wait, Phil Esposito. I'm sorry. But that was before my time. Well, since I've been watching him, since Ray Bork had the mustache and wore number seven in 1979, 80-81, right around there when I started watching, we've never had the fucking guy. Just never get the fucking guy. I just don't understand you know what we suck at? We suck at sucking at the right time, it seems. So, I don't know. It's going to be a, uh, I don't know. But, they, but we do have the right coach, so I don't know. Settling in, settling into another fucking season. We'll see how it goes. You know, looks like Montreal made some great fucking moves. Price is back, healthy as hell. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm thinking of hanging around tomorrow night and going to that Predators-Penguins uh, game with uh, with Bartnick. So if you're going down there, maybe I'll see you down there, get to see P.K. Subban and all that shit. Could be a good fucking time. So I don't know how much fucking time I've done here. Let me let me read a little advertising. Um, 
All right, lift, everybody. You know about lift, right? Do you know about lift? Um, it's that app that gets you a ride in minutes on demand 24 seven for less than the cost of a cab. How the fuck do they do that? Cabs are pretty cheap, aren't they? I don't know. We got to buy the medallion. Maybe that's the fucking overhead as opposed to just having some guy get, Hey, I'll get in the car with you. If you've tried Lyft, you know what I mean? With Lyft, you just download the app, request a driver and they show up in three and a half minutes on average. That's really fast. I don't get why they can do that and taxis can't. Uh, every Lyft driver is full, fully vetted through that 10-point safety standard. Oh, I take it back. This isn't like Uber where you fucking get in with the former serial killer, right? Is there such a thing? He hasn't killed in a while? This, they actually, Oh, my God, they actually do a background check. I'm going to use this shit. Including criminal and DMV background checks. You know, you'll get around quick. So you know you'll get around quickly in safety. Lyft drivers are rated after every ride. So only the best stick around. You don't have to worry about getting into a filthy car with some creepy dude. With Lyft, you can tip uh, in the app, which obviously leads to happier drivers. I mean, 9 out of 10 Lyft riders get a perfect 5-star rating from the passengers. It's just a better all-around experience. Bigger isn't always better. Lyft isn't the biggest ride-sharing app, but it's the fastest-growing and the highest-rated one. Um, What they're talking about here is quantity, quality over quantity. Um, thanks to Lyft, you've got an easy way to avoid drunk driving. You never have to bum a ride and you never have to worry about parking. A lot of people are actually getting rid of their cars and relying on Lyft to get around. And you know what? I don't blame them. Who is the I in that? Is that supposed to be me? That's fucking nuts. Maybe you could do it. I don't know. You know what's weird is what's great about Lyft is, yeah, it gets all these drunk drivers off the road, but now everybody's texting and driving. They're thinking, well, because I'm sober. You know, it's a fucking scary time out there. All right. Right now, Lyft is offering our listeners a special deal. Get three free rides up to $10 each. That's up to a $30 value when you enter the promo code Bill Burr, B-I-L-L-B-U-R-R, all one word, all capitals. Just download the free Lyft app today and enter the promo code Bill Burr, like I said two seconds ago in the payment section. Uh, you'll start with three, three free rides, up to $10 each, and that's up to a $30 value. That promo code Burr, hey, enter promo code Burr. All right, PetNet. PetNet, man. Uh, do you ever wonder if you're overfeeding your pet? Uh, no, if it becomes a fat fuck, I can kind of see it, right? This this got to be a reason for this. Sure, studies show feeding your pet the right amount every day would help them live longer. But how do you know you're feeding your pet the right amount of food each day? Oh, I see what they're saying. Introducing PetNet Smart Feeder. Oh, my God. These people have to advertise forever. This is another great one. Once again, if you missed it, that's PetNet Smart Feeder. Um, the new smartphone. What the fuck? I just lost my place. The new smartphone controlled automatic pet feeder that personalizes your pet's daily calorie intake using their age, weight, activity level, and food type. With the PetNet app, you can schedule and monitor your pet's meals all from your smartphone, meaning your pet is always fed even when you're running late. Stop worrying about feeding your pet the wrong amount of food every day. The PetNet Smart Feeder. Uh, that might be my 
favorite word in the English language right now. We'll feed the healthiest portions at the right time, every time automatically. Um, with all our pets and the pet net smart feeder is the best way for you to make sure you're feeding them the right amount every day. But these things are popular. And since the PetNet Smart Feeder is produced in a limited quantity each month, you need to get yours before they sell out at shoppetnet.com slash burr today. And you get free shipping, too. Uh, personalize the way you feed your pets with PetNet. Get PetNet Smart Feeder plus free shipping when you go to shoppetnet.com slash burr. That's shoppetnet.com slash burr. For the love of Christ, shoppetnet.com slash burr. All right, what the fuck? How many more of these are there? We got two more. Well, I'm not reading those now. I'm going to give you a break from my fucking awful reading out loud skills or the lack thereof. Um, so anyways, uh, I got myself into stand-up special shape. I'm going to keep fucking going right through to Thanksgiving. Um, and as mentioned, hey, I'm going to be doing a, um, uh, a benefit the Cam Neely, uh, Dennis Leary benefit, uh, in Boston. I believe that's Saturday, November 12th. Tickets are on sale. And about this time next month, this time next month, the fifth annual Patrice O'Neill comedy benefit will be going down again. I'll be announcing the lineup, uh, in about three weeks. Um, I know I got a spot coming up on Conan O'Brien, I think on November 9th. And uh, one of the promotional things is going to be that. And uh, it's one of my favorite things of the year. Um, I get to see all these comics that always headline, so I never see them. And so it's become like this sort of stand-up comedy, like fucking high school reunion thing. I always get to see his mom and Patrice's family. It's just... uh, it really is a fucking great event. And uh, this year, I think I'm actually going to do a little more press on it because at first, I never did any press. It's a long story um, as to why I didn't. I didn't because I was pissed, basically. Because the first year, we were going to have a benefit and the industry was going to put it together. And it was all set to come together. All right. And then all of a sudden, it went away which is an expression in the entertainment business. What happened? Hey, I thought I was doing that thing. Ah, it went away. It went away. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and uh, I'm not going to tell you the reasons why it went away, but it was infuriating. So I just said, fuck this. Um, and whatever. I got help with the right people. And uh, I was so pissed that it went away the first time that I was like, fuck this. We don't need advertising. I got Colin Quinn, I got Jim Norton, I got Opie and Anthony behind this fucking thing. And I thought it was a great, like, sort of tribute in a way to Patrice that his name alone would sell out this this theater. You know, the love that people had and all of that. And he was always, like, underground, you know? All these people that were getting accolades, like, oh, my God, she's the best, he's the best, blah, blah, blah. And everybody who was doing it knew he was the best. So I thought it was kind of a cool way to do it. But now what I'm seeing is now that he's been gone, unfortunately, coming up on five years, I think it's important that, uh, you know, to get his name out there and stuff like that. So I'm just going to maybe do a little bit of press this time around and uh, tell some stories and that type of stuff about, you know, how fucking truly amazing that guy was. So before the tickets even go on sale, once again, I want to thank everybody 
Um, you know, there's, we, there's people that we meet after the show that have come almost every year. A few people have come every single year. Um, and like, other than paying for the, uh, to rent the place out, um, all the proceeds have gone to his family and they've been able to do wonderful things. Everything from sending, uh, his stepdaughter to private school and, um, his, you know, his mother has, has a nice place to live and she doesn't have to worry about anything. So like, you know, and it's just one of those things, like I always hated, I always hated when somebody passed and then you, you do like one benefit for their surviving family members and everything. It's like, well, here you go. Here's this sack of money. Try to make this last for another fucking 40 years. Um, you know, so I don't know. That's, that's like, that's a big fucking deal. So anyways, anyways, um, I think I'm about all talked out. Um, I think I've done a half hour. I have no fucking idea. If I haven't done a half hour, I'm just going to speak to you the way that they did the credit card people speak to you. It's just like, well, I'm sorry you're confused. They said that to me. It's like, I'm not confused. I'm telling you what you told me. Well, I'm sorry. It's like, you're not sorry. Stop saying you're sorry. I just started saying it back to her. I was like, you're literally like talking to a robot. I go, I'm sorry that you're sorry, that I'm sorry, that I'm confused, even though I'm not. But maybe you are. But you're not going to take responsibility for that. You know? I was really off my game. I should have, like, just asked to speak to somebody above them. Um, I don't know. Let me just read the last advertising because evidently I got to spend the next fucking hour trying to figure out how to apply for a credit card online, which, which I'm sure there's no fucking safety risk there. You know, probably have to go to some website and fucking type in my social security number and all that shit. Fuck that. Fuck that. We should just go back to trading. You know what I mean? You know, back in the day when someone come to town and someone would be like, hey, is that a turnip? And you'd be like, why? Yes, yes, it is. It's like, you want a pair of boots? You'd be like, yeah, I'd love a pair of boots. Give me four turnips. Ah, man, I can't give you. That's, that's two turnips a boot. Come on. All right. Let me let me give. How about three? You'd be like, all right, I'll give you three. You know, these are big fucking turnips, by the way. Um, and people's diets were very limited, too. So I think if you showed up with a fucking turnip, everybody was excited. You know what I mean? So if you just made that a little more modern, it'd be like, hey, man, is that an iPhone? Yeah, all right, I'll give you my hoodie. You want a hooded sweatshirt with whatever may or may not be in the front pockets? You know, you know, there's some degenerate gambler that would try to take that fucking. What if it's something good, man? Um, anyways, all right. Jesus Christ, Bill. Just read the fucking last two and put this podcast out of its fucking misery. I don't think I've ever been less funny on a fucking podcast. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like such a self-sabotaging cunt. I got this big gig coming up. I wasn't supposed to drink this week. I fucking drank every night. I smoked four fucking cigars. I stayed out till three in the morning. I was hanging out with Trump supporters. I was hanging out with cigar fucking people. You know, I know I realized was I should have hung out with Hillary supporters. They they would have been more fun to annoy because Trump supporters, they don't give a fuck. They're all knees and elbows. You know what I mean? They're too dumb. To get fucking like annoyed. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do that. I actually met great people down there that night, but like the Hillary people are just, oh, that would have been fun. It's fun because you, you can, you can hit them on two different levels. You can, you can annoy them politically. And then you can also be like chauvinistic and sexist. You can just throw all of that in 
Um, which always goes back to that fucking prank I wanted to do with Patrice O'Neill. And anybody out there can steal this if you want to. Um, in the late 90s, when we were struggling, no one knew who the fuck we were. I came so close to convincing him to do it. And at the last second, he didn't want to do it. We were going to go on to Judge Judy. And either he was going to sue me or I was going to sue him. And it didn't matter because whoever won, like whatever, even if they made him pay me, I'd just give him the fucking money back or vice versa. But we were going to go on there and we were just going to try to see how mad we could make her, you know, and we would act dumb. So that would feed into her fucking ego. And the one thing that I knew I was going to do, but I didn't know if I could keep a straight face was when she yelled at me at one point, I was supposed to be like, Hey lady, 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 lady. Like that alone, she would have blown a fucking gasket. And as long as I acted like dumb enough, um, I don't know. Cause it was like the height of those judge shows and just annoyed me how they were always grandstanding, yelling at these fucking simpletons, you know, like they were the smartest person on the planet. It's like, you know, if you were really smart, <clears throat> you'd probably still be a judge, wouldn't you? Well, actually maybe they are smart cause then they got out of the judicial system and they got their own fucking judge show. But then that that would mean that would mean that fucking Dr. Phil is really smart, which I'm sure he is. Dude, Dr. Phil, I swear to God, doesn't he look like he strangles puppies? He just seems like he has like the most horrific fucking temper. Like he should have been one of those. Like if he ever got like an acting gig, like he would be like a great like uh, remember Sling Blade when uh, in the end when he's in that home that insane asylum and that fucking weirdo's talking to him. He, he would have, he would have been great as that, you know? Like I look at that guy and I swear to God, like I, I just, he probably does that Phil Spector shit. Remember his poor woman is, you know, he probably sticks a gun in her mouth, you know, cause they're out of ketchup. Um, that's what he strikes me as. He, he looks like a dirty cop to me. <laughs> um, Anyway, there was a little comedy. All right. All right. Let's read the last few of these. All right. Simply safe. Oh, fuck. I almost forgot to tell you guys this. So I, you know, I'm just sick of all the areas that I am, that I'm in on the internet. I go to the same fucking four websites and one of them I just got boxed out of. One of them was Facebook. I went to change my password and they said it's for security purposes. We, we've blocked your account. We just need some information out of you so we know it's you. And they try to get they try to get me to give them that my passport or my birth certificate. That's like, dude, you're a social media site. I'm not giving you this stuff. Go fuck yourself. So now I'm officially off Facebook. Um, I don't know how to get but back in the day. We changed your password. They just sent you an email. That was it. And now they're trying. They just keep trying to get more information out of you. Like if you notice this new thing, if you valet a car like they go, uh, just text us. You know, just text this number off your cell phone. So then they get your cell phone number. Um, do they have your name, though? I don't know. I just don't want people having my fucking phone number. Like, I wish there would be a big backlash to this shit where, you know, where they, you walk into a rental car and they're like, how did you hear about us? And people are like, well, I was talking to my mother. You know, where does your mother live? Can we have a phone number? What's her address? And they just will ask and ask and ask until you go, hey, I don't think that's any of your fucking business. And then they go, okay. And then you realize, wait a minute. So those other five things that I just gave you, that was optional too. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm not on. Uh, so I, I got sick of being uh, on the same four or five websites. I go on to Facebook. 
I'd go onto YouTube. I'd be on Twitter. And, um, you know, football and hockey season, NFL.com, NHL.com. And then one of three porn sites when I'm on the road, right? So Facebook is gone. I'm done with internet porn. I've I've tried quitting this like heroin, like 50. Like, how do you not watch fucking hot chicks banging? I mean, how do you not fucking watch it? I never should have opened that Pandora's box. So anyways, I'm trying to stay away from that. So then I was thinking, I need some new fucking websites here, new places to go. So I just looked up the top 20 and all of them, you know, it was like Google, YouTube, half of the ones where I was on, except the number three one. And I went on that one. It was some fucking website from China. So I, I've actually been on their website. So I'm sure they stole a bunch of shit from me or I'm on some sort of watch list now. So my question to you guys is uh, if you know any decent like websites that just, I don't know, that has some cool content or whatever that I can go to because I am, I don't know. I'm kind of sick of the ones that I'm going to. Oh, but what I was going to say was I, I went down this rabbit hole when uh, I was on YouTube. Like, I never got into punk music, and I just keep hearing, like, more and more, like, uh, like as deep as I went was, like, butthole surfers, like, rancid. Um, I, I, like, those guys that, like, crossed over, you know what I mean, um, into the mainstream, which I'm sure all punk rockers were saying, butthole surfers are fucking punk. These people are punk. I know, and this isn't jazz, and that's not real fucking country music, and all your, fuck you and your, the posters on your wall all right i'm new to this shit so um i just went down this rabbit hole and i was just kind of like well what's what's hardcore punk versus regular punk you know um and then you know i was watching this interview with like the one of the guitarists in rancid and he brought up uh that he liked oi music like oi i'm like what the fuck is that and it was a kind of punk music. I was like, I never heard of that shit. And then I just looked it up and uh, and I found all these fucking bands. And then it just went down this fucking, I don't know, I lost like three hours of my life. See, I, I found this band, uh, Sham 69, and they were playing live. And dude, their front man is fucking unbelievable. Like, I was watching this guy going, like, this guy should be considered one of the great front men. Like, through one song, I was like, I, I would have I loved to have been at that fucking show. His energy was ridiculous, right? And then I just started reading about them. And I might fuck this up because I read about a bunch of different bands. But there was, like, I guess with them, that style of music for whatever, they drew in, like, soccer fans or whatever like the hooligans and then there was some neo-nazis there and then they were all fighting with each other and there was one night there was some big fucking brawl at one of their shows and it was so bad it kind of almost like killed their career or it might have been that band or something i I definitely recommend like just going on youtube and looking up all that shit because so much stuff that i didn't understand about punk music because so many of the punk singers could not fucking sing and it just sounded like angry karaoke to me like played through a fucking not like it didn't sound like it was in stereo um but all of a sudden now those sounds are like appealing to me so i'm kind of gravitating towards it so there's this famous picture of sid, sid vicious and he has uh he has a, a a swastika on his shirt so i used that used to always make me stay away from the sex pistols going like oh man that they were they were they were like that you know anti-semitic and all of this type of shit white supremacist and from what I was reading, 
this is so fucked up. It's kind of funny, though, was it had nothing really to do with the Nazis. What it had to do was their parents who were part of the World War II generation. I guess rather than saying to the children of that generation, you know, we used to walk to school uphill both ways. They used to say, like, I don't want to hear you bitching. We defeated Hitler and we won World War Two. And they were like rubbing it in their face. Like, what the fuck did you ever do? And they got sick of it. So they basically it's like if you hate your dad and he's a Red Sox fan, you buy a Yankee hat. So like they hated their fucking World War Two winning parents, I guess. So their reaction is that they wore the fucking German shit. Um, but then what that inadvertently did is it started bring, drawing out these neo-Nazis out to the show. It was it was fucking fascinating. You know that plaid that they wear? I always saw that and they put all the pins and shit through it. I guess that that was actually someone in the royal family, like that was their colors or whatever. So then they, they took that. So some of the shit, they either did the exact opposite and or they, they just took from the aristocrat, the people in power and uh, put their own fucking twist on it just to piss them off. And um, I don't know, but the one band that, that I came across that I really fucking liked was uh, was Sham 69. And um, particularly it was Borstal Breakout and uh, Hurry Up Harry was a cool fucking song. And uh, I don't know, I've tried like 9,000 times. I know I missed out on Black Flag and uh, bad brains and all of that shit. I would really like, like somebody give me an entry level band, like how I can work my way down from like you know the Green Day level that I'm at. Not disrespecting Green Day because I think they're a great fucking band, but I understand that they're super successful and they've made a ton of money, so they're automatically not a part of that scene anymore, right? Is that how it fucking works? I don't fucking know. Anyways. Um, I got my big shows tomorrow night. I'm going to read these last two advertisings, <coughs> advertisements, and that's going to be it. And then uh, I'm going to find a sports spot at night, and I'm going to watch my Bruins as we fucking mediocre way our, our way through another fucking season. You know, I'm glad we re-signed Marshawn, man. I'm surprised we didn't fucking lose him. If, if We must have something good coming down the pike if he stayed. Uh because that guy had an unbelievable season and I missed the world cup of hockey, but they were saying in the hockey news that he very easily could have been the fucking MVP of the thing. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got that guy. Um, I hope some of these prospects fucking pan out. Posternock. There's like 58 different ways to pronounce that guy. Maybe he'll blossom into, uh, I just want somebody scoring 50, right? That, that guy that you just have to fuck. The other team just has to fucking prepare for, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, Ovechkin level fucking guy. We got it, Bill. All right. Simply, simply safe. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day, and the home security industry wants you to believe it's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month, no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. Thousands, but there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts, none. You'll get award-winning 24/7 protection, named best in the industry. Security professionals watching, ready to instantly send the police. And it's just $14.99 per month. That's less than half of what most companies charge. Protect your home in the, the smart way. Protect your Call to action. Protect your home the smart way. I just fucking said that. Visit simplysafebird.com. 
Go right now and you'll also get free shipping on your order and a free keychain remote worth $25. And it takes only a minute. That's simplysafebird.com. Simplysafebird.com. You know, I got a free keychain when I bought my car. Fucking thing broke within like a like two days of me having the goddamn thing. Um, all right. Helix. Helix, you're unique. You don't walk like everyone, talk like everyone else, or sleep like everyone else. So why is your mattress one size fits all? Because a truly custom customized mattress will cost you five to ten thousand bucks. Is that true? Until now. Go to helixsleep.com, answer a few simple questions, and they'll run a 3D biochemical model of your body through the proprietary algorithms they developed with the help of the world's leading ergonomics and biomechanics experts. Dude, if they work with fucking grass, that was a fancy name for landscaping. I wouldn't wouldn't even know what that meant. Uh, The result, the most comfortable mattress you've ever slept on. Helix customers report a 30% improvement. In overall sleep quality. And for couples, they customize each side of the mattress. Oh, I thought they wanted you to lay on top of each other so when you're fucking, it's still comfortable. You never know. Maybe they do. Now, how do you guys usually do it? Is she riding you? Are you on top of her? Is it doggy style? Because if that's the case, then we need imprints for knees and hands. Um, And for couples, they customize each side of the mattress. Your mattress arrives at your door in about a week, and shipping is 100% free. That's why everyone from GQ Magazine to Forbes are all talking about Helix Sleep. You have 100 nights to try it out, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up. Gross! Gross. They'll pick it up for free. How thick are the gloves? You know what? They probably use those barbecue pit gloves, welder gloves, and they give you 100% refund, no questions asked. Go to helixsleep.com slash burr and get $50 off your order. That's helixsleep.com slash burr. Hey, helixsleep.com slash burr. You know what they probably do with those mattresses? I bet they bring them to Cuba for people who want to fucking try and come over here, you know? Because they always take a mattress. Maybe they sell it to them, you know, try to get a little bit of their money back. I have no idea. All I know is this is the end of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Uh, Please enjoy the music as we will now be playing 30 minutes of greatest hits from a podcast gone by in a month that isn't this one, or maybe it is. I have no fucking idea. I apologize for the click sound. And now I have to shut it off. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Come on. All right, that's it. All right, guys. Have a nice weekend, you cunts.
I don't give a. F- I, I'm just. I watched that fucking game yesterday, and we lost. And Nia was going to go see Lady Gaga last night, and at the last second, her friend bailed. Actually, the day before, her friend bailed. So she goes, "Do you want to go? Would you go with me?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I'll fucking go to that. I'll go to it." You know, I'm a comedian. I need to know what the fuck's going on in pop culture. I will go to this stuff. I will go to this thing. And she goes, do you realize how funny it's going to be if somebody who listens to your podcast is at that thing and sees you at that? And I said, yeah, it's going to be fucking hilarious. So I went down there, get ready to see, you know. No, let's let's tell this in chronological order. I'm watching the Patriots game over a buddy of mine's house, and I'm just pounding beers. I don't know why. I bought a 12-pack. They were set up, and I just felt like I had to knock them all down. And I think I think I had at least seven of them, if not eight. Now, somebody else was digging into them, too. I can't fucking remember. You know, one of those things where you're not really totally hammered, but you forget your sunglasses. You know, like that kind of level drunk. <laughs> so <laughs> now I got a race home. And... uh you know, I shut myself off in the third quarter just like I'm at the game. And I just start drinking waters and eating fucking chicken wings and shit. And uh, sober up, jump in the car, drive home, put on a shirt. Oh, wait, no, we took a cab. That's right. We ended up taking a cab over to Staples Center. And we missed the opening act, which I'm like bonus because I know I'm not going to like them. And we come fucking walking into the Staples Center and right as the show starts. And Lady Gaga comes out of a fake castle on a horse and starts walking around the arena. You know, they do that big thing now where they got like the big fucking half a semicircle loop with a bunch of fucking raven kids in the middle of it. And um, that's what started it off. And then she sang one of her songs. And then, uh, then she went back into the castle. And then all of a sudden, it looked like it was a turkey with its legs spread. And uh, she came out of the vagina of that, unzipped it, and came out of that, you know. And then sang another fucking song. You know, a bunch of shredded gay guys, all five, six, seven, eight, all at the same fucking time. And then she just starts spewing this fucking self-help horse shit. You know, doing that stupid dramatic pause to milk the crowd. She's just like, you know... It's great to be here tonight, Los Angeles. And he's like, Wah! she's just like, I got a message out there for anyone who's ever felt different. If you feel different, no, blah, 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 and all this fucking bullshit about being different. It was literally like, it was like gay spinal tap. And it was honestly, it was a terrible fucking show. Terrible show. The fucking dancing was terrible. She can sing, but she stinks at dancing. She's on a fucking horse. She comes out of a vagina. How many times has that been done? Why'd you come out of the vagina, Lady Gaga? Let me guess. This album was a rebirth for you. You fucking hack. Ripping off Madonna right and left. First of all, she's got that one song that I, I don't know what Madonna song is. I never know. I, and whenever I hear it, I start singing the other Madonna song. She's ripping off Madonna right down. She had a black Jesus. And the crowd's eating it up. And 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 at first I'm like, you got to be fucking, she's doing the black Jesus thing. Like a prayer. Am I the only guy? And I looked around. I was like, oh, my God, I'm old. I'm old. 
I'm fucking old, and I'm sitting there, and all I want to do is just start trashing. I want to start heckling, which I did a couple times, and Nia just gave me the look, and I was like, I'm, I, I can't ruin this for her. She was going to go here with somebody else who was going to be waving glow sticks, and I agreed to come here. I can't be a cunt. So um, I'm not going to lie to you. I sat down after the f- first fucking song, and uh, it was really difficult to listen to. It was really fucking annoying. Way more annoying than I thought it was going to be. I, th- I thought it was going to be all right, you know. Still going to be on some level. I'll appreciate it. This is pop shit. I can try to come here and enjoy this shit. And it was. It just really wasn't a good show. <laughs> I can't fucking. Oh, with the stupid dramatic pauses. Why do singers always have to look up in the air halfway through a sentence and just get another applause break? I saw a band the other night in this little fucking club and the guy was doing that. He was like, you know, this is the first time. Then he looks up at the ceiling and it's just dead silence. And then the crowd always gives in to the fucking silence. I don't know if they feel uncomfortable with it and they just feel they have to fill it up by going, and then the guy finishes the sentence that we've been in Los Angeles in three years. It's like, why couldn't you just complete that sentence? Why couldn't you just go, hey, you know, this is the first time we've been in Los Angeles for, for like three years. And we're happy to be back because you guys are great fans. You, you could do that in like fucking, what was that? How long did it take me to say that? 3.5 seconds? It takes them like 30 seconds. Los Angeles is a city. That's on the west coast of this country. And you know. <coughs> oh, it's fucking horrible. So anyways, Lady Gaga's on stage. I can't believe I have this fucking story. I feel like I dreamed it. Um, she just goes, you know, she fi- finishes another one of her fucking horseshit songs. I think at that point she was like dry humping a yak to protest uh, uh, some sort of Middle Eastern thing. I, I don't know what the fuck was going on. And by the way, her drummer was the shit. And I really would have enjoyed watching him, but he appeared to be in the dungeon section inside the fucking castle. Because God forbid there's somebody else out on the fucking stage taken away from your fucking horse shit. Oh, my God. And then she had, she had two plants in the crowd. Two clear fucking plants. She calls some fucking young gay kid on the crowd and tells him it's okay. And the kid starts fucking. It's like, how did you get his number? When did you get his number? How did they have him mic'd up? How can I hear this guy clear his fucking day talking into a fucking cell phone that's going through the roof of the Staples Center to outer space back down to the fucking through the roof again to Lady Gaga, who's got drapes around her fucking head, right? Crowds eating it up like, oh, my God, she's a saint. Look at her reaching out. Right. And then the worst part was she she's sitting there dancing around and she's only a little bit better dancer than I am. And I'm fucking horrific. So she's up there. Um, and then she goes, where's that guy with the green hair in the crowd? Get up on the stage, you know, cause she's so down to earth. And the dude, the green haired dude gets up on the fucking stage, shirtless, shredded, right? So right there, you know, it's a plant. Although there were a lot of gay guys there and gay guys are always fucking shredded. So I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. So the shirtless fucking shredded dude with the green hair gets on, runs up the runway, doing his best to act like he's shocked. And then they go into this fucking dance routine, and this dude knows every fucking move. 
right down to when to leave with the other dancers and walk into the castle. It's like, why is he going into the castle? I thought he was just some random guy you pulled out of the fucking crowd. Shouldn't he go back to his goddamn seat? How much of a grumpy cunt am I that I'm really ripping this shit apart? It was fucking, I, 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 I got to tell you, I was really, uh, I was really disappointed. I felt like I put myself in the, in the headspace where I could enjoy this. I was already seven beers in. I grabbed a little bit of McDonald's on the way in. I had a quarter pound of with cheese and some French fries. I'm like, all right, let's see. Uh, let's see this fucking, let's see this. I know she can sing, so it should be halfway decent. And it just was, uh, ending the songs and then just sitting there with fucking, every time drapes around her face. It's like, when are you just going to accept your nose? We get it. You don't like your nose, but you're afraid to get a nose job because you think it's going to change the sound of your voice. Just when are you you sitting there telling all these young gay kids <clears throat> it's okay that they're different? And here it is. You can't even accept your face walking around like that chick from the ring. Your hair all in your goddamn face. <laughs> so fucking awful. And finish it every song, and then she just sit there, all wrapped in drapes, and they're being all like. <sighs> breathing into the mic, which was super fucking annoying. Then she was like, I hope you guys are having a good time tonight. Because if you're not, I don't give a fuck. I said, I don't give a fuck, 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 fuck. And the whole crowd goes nuts. Then she proceeds to give a fucking speech about how much she doesn't give a fuck. Goes over to another shredded gay guy fucking backup dancer you know, hey, fucking soliloquy. Do you do you give a fuck? He's like, I don't give a fuck either, 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 either. <laughs> I think that's when I heckled. And I got my first dirty look from there. Because it's literally like, you know, if you don't give a fuck, get on with the not giving a fuck. Why would you stop and give a speech? You know, that's something I've learned in life is if you don't give a fuck, you just, you you, you don't say you don't give a fuck. If you don't give a fuck, other people, they recognize it, and they say it for you. Hey, dude, you know, you know that kid, uh, you know that kid, Mike? Yeah, yeah, dude, that kid, he doesn't give a fuck. Seriously, that kid, and then you tell the fucking story. But Mike isn't walking around going, you know, telling everybody that he doesn't give a fuck. She clearly gives a fuck. She gives a fuck how she looks. I don't think she likes the way she looks, and I think that that's why she's fucking walking around with an Afghan or fucking, I don't know what you call it, upholstery all over her fucking face. I don't know. Whatever. Well, should I just enjoy the, 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 I don't know, the, the fucking, I don't know what. I was really, I mean, as dumb as this sounds, I went there with some sort of expectations, and I just, you know, I thought the drummer was the best part of the fucking show, and he was he was in a castle, and I couldn't fucking see him. Granted, his, his drumsticks were lit up, so I could see some of the shit that he was doing, but uh, I don't know. And then there was some sort of there was some sort of story going on. I felt like they were like workshopping a musical, and they didn't really have the full story. They just kept being this face that would glow up, and it was Lady Gaga's, and she would just be speaking monotone like she was some sort of zombie, which I guess was supposed to give it some sort of depth. Can you guys believe that somebody forty four, going to be forty five, is wasting this much time? talking about how I was disappointed at a Lady Gaga concert as if that fucking show in any shape or form was designed to appeal to some fucking redheaded cunt like me. 
You know? Whatever. I, I had to get that out because there's a chance Nia might be coming down to the podcast. And, and I did a real good job not taking the piss out of that show when I was there and, and not ruining it for her. But uh, anyways. <laughs> Fucking. It was really bad. You know what I mean? Even Madonna concerts back in the fucking day. Oh, that was another thing that she fucking said. She was going like, you know, when I started out, 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 out. (sighs) Dramatic pause. People didn't think that I could bring the underground gay scene to the mainstream. You know, it's like, why are you ignoring Madonna? Didn't Madonna do that like 20 years ago? Didn't the village people kind of start it? You know what's funny about, like, it was so it was that shit was so fucking underground in, in the seventies, right into the eighties, that morons like me didn't know that like half the people you were listening to were gay. You had no even though like you'd be listening to a band called Queen and the guy's prancing around in his in fucking I don't know what the diapers, adult diapers, I don't know what he was doing, walking around barefoot. You still like the music was you didn't you still didn't know. I watched the other day, I was watching this Judas Priest concert. Uh, I forget where the fuck they were. It was like in the early, early 80s. And Rob Halford is coming out like in like literally <laughs> fucking like SN, this S&M outfit. And you had no fucking idea. Um I don't know. There's like 20 guys like that. It was still underground. But like that Madonna shit, when she did all that Vogan crap, that was like 20, almost 25 years at this point. So I don't know. I think that's just what it is. I think I'm just an old fucking guy. And I imagine when I was watching whatever the fuck I was watching, they were all going, dude, Zeppelin did this like 15 years ago as I'm sitting there freaking out watching a band called Cinderella. (laughs) I think that was the point of it. No offense to Lady Gaga fans. I think I just realized how fucking old I was. All right. And I just watched my team lose. Monday morning podcast for the week of October something. What is it, the 20th? I believe it's the 20th. Um, I'm actually in uh, Phoenix International Airport connecting, trying to get back to L.A. after a uh, had a great weekend out in uh, Austin, Texas at the Cap City Comedy Club. And I want to thank everybody who came out to my shows. Crowds were ridiculous. Just, uh, just awesome crowds. There wasn't one asshole the whole week. 
Uh, I don't know. Definitely, definitely going to be coming back. Um, oh, and thanks to Dudley and Bob, too, the radio show to let me core myself out the entire week so I could get some fannies in the seats. And um, and with that, here's the podcast. Oh, that beginning stunk. Sound like I, I just lost an election. I want to thank everybody who helped me out. And uh, this isn't over. We're going to regroup and we're going to be back. Um, what the fuck? So anyways, as many of you know, I'm a huge uh, fan of all Boston sports growing up outside the city. And last night, my Red Sox lost game seven to the uh, the devil, uh, the Rays, whatever the fuck they call themselves now. Because what was the devil too mean? Can somebody from Tampa please explain to me why you dropped devil? Isn't Devil Rays the name of a stingray? You know? Did some stingrays get together and find it offensive? Um, anyways, uh, congratulations to all the, uh, the the Rays fans. Keep wanting to say Devil Rays. Uh, you know, definitely with a better team. Um, I don't know, man. You guys were just, just, just fucking just too good. You were just too good. Pitching was ridiculous. You got a bunch of young studs on there. And you know what? I hope you can hold on to them for when rich-ass teams like the Red Sox start buying people up because that's what the fuck is wrong with baseball. Because you waited long enough down there. You should have a good team. You should have it for a while. much as it's going to stop. Ah, fuck that. We'll be back next year. Um, but anyways, you know something? Yeah. I was say, you guys got a great team. But you know what you do have to get rid of? You don't have to. Just a suggestion. Uh, the fucking cowbells. That was really, uh, I don't know. You know, I was willing to look the other way that every time I saw the D-Rays on TV for the last fucking 10 years, there was eight people in the crowd, and now all of a sudden you guys are good and everybody shows up. I was willing to look the other way because I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch a Celtic game for about eight years until last year, so everybody does that. But the Cowbells, I uh Nothing screams expansion team like noisemakers. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know what? Our fans are so fucking lame that even when this place is sold out, we have to give them noisemakers like it's fucking New Year's. You know what I mean? And it really doesn't hurt the other team. It sort of annoys everybody. You noticed last night your starting pitcher was wearing earplugs. I don't understand. (laughs) Just as a sports fan, I don't understand. Like how the uh, I understand annoying the batter with the fucking cowbells, but the pitcher can hear it too. No one wants to hear that, you know. They really don't. But you know what? I'll give you a pass because you're an expansion team. The team that I will not give a pass to is the California Angels of Anaheim, just north of San Diego, but fucking south of Sacramento, whatever they call themselves, with those thunder sticks. I don't know. It's just really gay. You know, people should know you're in the stands just because of you vocally. When you have to, you know. I mean, how did that work out there, Angels fan? Did, did you literally get down on your knees and blow those things up yourself? <laughs> All right, I'm being a bit of a jerk. And it has nothing to do with the Sox losing. It actually has to do with the fact that I stuck around Texas for an extra day. Because uh, I, I drove over to Houston and went to a fucking Texans game by myself. It's it's just pathetic. I don't know. 
I got this OCD thing. I got to go to every fucking team stadium. And I think I'm over it because I was really sitting there in the Holiday Inn last night thinking, you know, I could have been home right now, but I didn't because I decided to stay an extra day, blow a couple of hundred bucks, and watch the Houston Texans play the Detroit Lions because everybody knows what a fucking pivotal game that is in the middle of October. What a moron. Um, so anyway, hey, let's start a new topic on the podcast, annoying things in sports. I'm going to start it off. Okay, I already trashed, sort of trashed. I definitely trashed the Angel fans, but uh, I'm going to say noisemakers. I'm going to start off like that. I think they're fucking stupid, they're unnecessary, and they make your fans look amateurish. You know what I'm saying? Um, but just to be fair, I will throw my own team under the bus because uh, I love the Red Sox. I love their fans. But when they start singing Sweet Caroline during the seventh inning, it, uh, I don't know. I just want the green monster to fall on every person who's singing. I would just like to gather up everyone in the crowd, make them stand under the green monster, and then somehow push it over on top of them. And you know what? I'm actually going to say I think that's worse than Noisemakers, the singing of that awful song. The song is so bad to begin with, and then when the whole crowd goes, bum, 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 it just really makes me want to slip my wrist. Uh, what else? What other ones? The fuck else bugs me? I'd say the Yankees, when they do that, when the, the grounds crew dances to YMCA, which was cute at first, but wasn't that like a big thing when disco came back in the late 90s for half a second? Uh, it's kind of over. So why don't you pick a, a bad 80s heavy metal tune? Like Rock Me Like a Hurricane or whatever? I don't know. I got fucking nothing. I got nothing this week. You know what I got? I got exactly what my cell phone has. I got one bar right now. It's exactly what I have. So why don't I get on with the uh, the questions for the week? Um and the underrated, overrated, and all that. If you're new to my podcast, this is what I do. I babble in airports. And, um, oh, hey, you know what I just did about five minutes ago? When I was in, um, I hate when people do that. Did you hear that? You know, these security guards walk by and they have their walkie talkie and they got it turned on to 10, so you can't even hear what they're saying. The guy, he, he, he can't even understand it. He just walks by and he has, <laughs> it's like, I got it, you're important. People need to know where you are at all times. Why don't you turn it down to eight for the rest of us? So, anyways, I was dining in the what the fuck's the name of the place? Taberna del Tequila it's Airport Mexican food, which is some of the fattest Mexican food that you can have, I think, because it's uh, sort of fast food and it's made by white people. So, <laughs> white people, the makers of McDonald's. So, anyways, I'm in there and there's some fucking asshole at the bar talking unbelievably loud on his cell phone and I do what I usually do. I, I rather than just addressing the guy, I I go passive aggressive. First thing I do is I just let a couple of Jesus Christ shut up you know, kinda of do that. And, you know, or if he's if he's going like, Yeah, 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 I'll kinda of go, Yeah I'll do one yeah really loud. And I was sitting there going like why don't I just tell the guy that he's fucking yelling? And I'm thinking because I'm an angry person and I'll sound like a dick and I might end up getting into a fist fight. 
And then I started thinking to myself, this guy's not going to get When was the last time you saw a fist fight in a fucking airport? i got to be honest with you, I've never seen it. Okay? Most, you know, I've been reading about anger. Most of anger comes when someone, when you're in a position and you feel powerless. So in my head, I was like, I'm powerless to do anything about this situation because I don't want to get into a fist fight because I'm going to lose either way. You know what I mean? Once you get past a certain age, you're going to lose. It's either A, you get your ass kicked, you know what I mean? And you're standing up in some, you know, you know the paper that goes around a straw? Yeah, it's like stuck to the back of your head. <laughs> you're going to suffer that or you're going to fucking win and then you're going to get sued. I think that's why adults don't fight. It's it's the double whammy of of the possibility of losing and getting sued. But then I was thinking to myself, like, why don't you just not say it like a fucking asshole? Right? Just do it that way. So that's what I did. I just said, hey, 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 hey. And he kind of looked over. And I just said, I said, you, you're kind of shouting. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. And then he, he dropped it down to a respectable tone. And I was like, well, see, there you go. See how I do that? I always invent in my head that I'm going to get this shit kicked out of me because I grew up and I had five bro- four brothers, five of us all together, and uh, that's the way it went down in my house. Hey, uh, could you turn the channel? And next thing you know, you know, it was like eight-year-old UFC, and the battle always went to the ground. But the grappling it wasn't sophisticated grappling. It was more just headlocks and uh, and hair pulling. Um, actually, no. Did we ever have no? We actually had a rule in our house that you could basically beat the living shit out of somebody uh, below the neck and above the crotch. You could just hammer somebody's torso. We, you know, we used to beat each other like uh, some of these assholes beat their wives. You know, we don't want the bruises to show. Um, okay, I'm off the beaten track here. Let's let's answer some questions here before my cell phone dies. Um, all right, question number one. And as always, I haven't read these fucking things, so I'm going to have to read the whole goddamn thing. Uh, hey, Bill, podcasts are great to listen to every week. Don't know if you're a smoker or not, but was wondering how you felt about those bullshit truth commercials. Just saw one where it's these two bitches, Jesus Christ, it's two bitches dancing in the street singing, if you smoke, it might take your life, but if you don't, you might beat up your wife. Once it sunk in what they were saying after about 10 seconds, it just filled me with so much anger that they would say that smokers are more apt to beat their wives without the nicotine. I hope that secondhand cancer does actually exist and every one of those truth motherfuckers get lung cancer and dies a slow, drawn-out, painful death. What do you think about the truth commercials? You know what I love about my listeners is when they state their point, you'd you never have to wonder what side of the issue they're on. They're like reverse politicians. Yeah, I hate those commercials. Um, those commercials ex- actually make me want to smoke and blow smoke in the people's faces, you know. I don't wish that they die of a slow, painful death of cancer. I don't take it to your level, but just in your defense, I haven't seen that commercial yet, but um, I don't know why. They, they've never been able to make a... Uh, the only good anti-smoking commercial they ever made was way back in the day. And you kids can YouTube this. Go on to uh, YouTube and check out... Uh, there's this great actor, one of my favorite actors of all time, uh, Yul Brenner. And you should rent Westworld, by the way. 
movie a lot of people don't know about he was in. But basically, he was dying of lung cancer, and right before he died, he did a commercial and went on TV, and he said, Hi, I'm Yul Brenner. I have lung cancer. By the time you see this, I will be dead. Don't smoke. And it was just like, you know, it was just delivered with Yul Brenner's typical, like, no bullshit uh, brand of speaking. So I think that that's what they should do. And I want to say a few years ago, didn't they have that? I remember in New York they had these ads, maybe 10 years ago. They just started showing people who were dying of lung cancer. And uh, actually that was too brutal. Oh, that was right. They had the guy who was holding the, uh, the thing up to his throat. My name is Dan. I have been a smoker. You know, he was doing that shit. And then, you know, it was just so over the top, everybody laughed. I don't know. I don't know, dude. You, you fucking ripped those people so bad. How, how exactly would you come about doing a commercial where they're telling you not to smoke? Um, I don't know. I got to tell you this, though. I'm, re- I'm really annoyed with smokers when they're, they're still pissed how they can't smoke in bars. And uh, I was down in Austin, and people started smoking in the bar. And I can't re- I You know, it's been so long since I've actually smelled that. And it's fucking ridiculous. It's really fucking like you you walk out of there, you felt like you fought a fire. Your eyes are all red, they're burning, it's in your clothes. It's disgusting. I have no problem with people smoking. I really don't. Smoke all you want, but uh, take it outside. So, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle of it. I think those truth commercials do suck, without a doubt. But uh, I'm glad that they put you people outside. I think that's where you belong, you know? I think before you come back in, they should hose you down with some sort of perfume so we don't have to smell your shit. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think if I have a habit, a hobby, or a habit or something that really annoys people. Other than my general cuntiness. All right. Uh, okay, Bill, I got a couple questions for you. When was your big break? I mean, when did you really start getting paid seriously for your comedy? How long did it take? Uh, okay. Well, I've had some ups and downs there, fella. Let's see. I... um I had a day job for the first three and a half years, and I paid off my car, and I uh, was still living at home like a fucking loser, but I was a smart loser, so I was getting out of debt. Unlike unlike this shithead I just saw walking through the airport, so bad these credit card companies are actually, uh, I think people's credit is so bad they're desperate for new customers. You literally get off the plane, and they're like, excuse me, sir, sir, can I talk to you? Do you guys want, and they're basically giving away a free plane ticket. If you sign up for a MasterCard, a free plane ticket, yeah. Sign up for a MasterCard at fucking 18 to 22% interest, and you'll buy that ticket about nine times during the course of the year. You know what? I think I might go over there and just fuck up their sales pitch just by saying. You ever seen that shit? Those, those, those dumb fucks at football games? You know, they're handing out like a free T-shirt if you sign up for a, a, you know, a Visa card. I mean, how much is a T-shirt, honestly? Even if you go to a concert, it's going to cost you like 35 40 bucks, which is ridiculous. But uh, you're going to pay that in interest every month. You know? Go down to fucking clothes for less. You go to Foot Locker, you can get like three T-shirts for 20 bucks. No, I'd rather have this piece of plastic, dude. Um, anyways, uh, so when was my big break? I had a couple. Um... Let's see. Uh, I moved to New York, and I booked an acting gig, and uh, I made a little chunk of money, and then the acting gig ended, and then 
but I was able to live off that for a year, so I didn't have to get a day job when I moved to New York. But uh, so I was living good in '97, and then it was pretty rough '98, '99, 2000, 2001. By then I was like, this is the deal. I was doing colleges. I was doing like nine million colleges, grossing about a hundred grand a year, paying twenty percent commission. That dropped it down to eighty, plus another ten grand in expenses. Dropped it down to seventy-five. And then the government would come in and take their fucking half which to drop it down to 35 and then accountants and other bullshit would drop it down. I was making about 30 grand a year. So I was basically, you know, the cubicle guy, except I was telling jokes. So my life was still good. But, yeah, I was making about, after all the bullshit, I was making about 30 grand a year for a while. And then uh, I turned around, and that was sort of steady right up until uh, 2005. That was the year when I did uh, an HBO half hour, and I got on Opie and Anthony. And literally, the the month I got on Opie and Anthony, my HBO special came out. And then after that, then people started coming to my shows. Then I started making good money. And fortunately, it has continued. Um, so, yeah, I would say the first break came when I made a little money on TV, 96, 97. And then the, the second time was 2005. Did I even answer that? I get fucking bored with that answer after a while. Um, anything else? How long did it take? Do you, do you ever still do stand-up for 10, 10 bucks for 15 minutes? Yes, I do, every single week. At the, uh, if I'm in New York, I, I do it you know, at the local clubs. And when I'm in L.A., I do it uh, at the Comedy Store and the Laugh Factory and the Improv. They don't pay... They don't pay that much, you know? So, um, and one last question. Oh, yeah, do you think it's possible for a comedian to do 10 spots a night, getting paid $10 for every 15 minutes at 10 different clubs? All right, you sound like a guy who wants to do comedy and you're trying to figure out how you can make it financially. You'll be fine. Just, just you know, have a day job and just keep hustling at night. And this is the big thing. Get yourself out of debt. Pay off your car. If you got a brand new car, fucking try and sell it and get something quality that's used that you can actually pay off and get out of debt because uh, that's what will fuck you. Oh, yeah, and don't knock up somebody that you don't give a shit about. That's another thing that will fuck you. Um, other than that, you'll be fine, okay? Nobody makes shit when they start off and then somehow I don't know what happens. Actually, start making money. All right, my cell phone's going to die, so I think I got to make this actually short for once. Um, so yeah, sorry guys, this is going to be a real quick one. Uh, let me see if I got anything else. No more questions that I can see. Um, oh, here's somebody talking about my my sports obsession about going to all the stadiums. Bill, I totally respect your sports junkie nerd obsession, and if you got the means to do it. Go for it. Why not? I've seen a lot more money spent on dumber shit before, like a wife who doesn't work. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of anger towards women on these things. Jesus Christ. Guys sound like my act. Uh, but anyway, but as I've listened to your podcast, it sounds like you've been to pretty much every sports venue in the United States and Canada. And I asked ask you, ask you a question. What's the best fight you've ever seen at a sporting event? 
Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, well, let's hear his first. He says, mine hands down a raw event, if you count wrestling as a, as a sport. It was in 2000. WWF was at its height, and the entire crowd of 20,000 was drunk 18- to 24-year-olds showing up in groups of 10. And when one asshole from one group would start shit with another asshole, it wasn't a fight between two guys. It was an all-out 20-man brawl. Watching somebody get their nose broken over the fact that he's not a stone-cold fan is some funny shit, to say the least. All right, I've seen some classic ones coming from Boston. I remember going to an old Bruins. They were playing like the Nordiques or the North Stars, one of those great teams that doesn't play anymore. And first of all, I remember this guy had this great sign in the upper deck. It said, uh, Quebec has no deeks. And to me, that was hilarious because I was 18 years old and it was a dick joke. Um, but anyways, the uh, I don't know what happened. Like these Bruins fans got into it with the Nordique or Canadian fans. I can't remember what. So they would just So like an idiot, I run over. I learned my lesson. I ran over to look at the fight. You ever go to do that? Never run over to look at a brawl because it's like a tornado. You don't know where it's going to go, and all of a sudden you're in the fucking middle of it, and there's no bathtub to jump into. (laughs) So that's basically what happened. The fucking fight spilled over onto me, and I was literally impaled on one of those those old yellow rails. I don't know. People from Boston remember it. And all I remember was some guy. I don't know what he did. Evidently, he tried to push this cop down the stairs, and I don't know how to this day this cop did it, but he literally was walking down the stairs with this guy, and he had a handful of his neck. It's like he was carrying him like luggage, and inside of his fist was the guy's jugular, and this guy was literally turning blue. And as the cop walked down the stairs, he just kept repeatedly stating, try to push me down the stairs, huh? Try to push me down the stairs, huh? And this guy's eyes just kept... I thought he was going to kill him. But I don't know. I don't think I've ever – I've just seen just haymakers thrown. I've never seen like a 20-on-20 brawl. I went to a Rangers-Islanders game in 1989 when a buddy of mine was going to Hostra. That's back when everybody was coked up. And I saw some uh, guys who were way too old to be fighting going at it in the upper deck. And i got to admit, I was terrified because I felt like a man without a country and I was going to be discovered. You know what I felt like? I felt like that – that old guy in the beginning of Scarface that gets stabbed in that tent city. You know, I'm sitting there trying to act like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of the group and I really don't give a fuck about their cause. But, um, I, you know what? I probably have to think about that. Um, a little bit longer. My cell phone's going to die. I'm kind of mentally in a panic right now because I just babbled for about, oh, 20 minutes and I'm worried that it's not going to save it. So I'm going to cut it short here. Uh, thanks to everybody who came out to Austin. Um, so next week, send me in some stuff that you find in sports that you find annoying. Please keep sending in the under. Uh, next week, I will be in town in L.A., so I'll give a longer podcast. And uh, in November, I got the uh, D.C. Improv, and I'm playing Zanies in Nashville. And uh, hopefully in the next month or so, I will be getting uh, I'll be getting some dates for 2009. All right, that is it. Everybody have a good week, and I will talk to you next week, next Monday. All right, bye.
Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.